Welcome to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Katoon. Joining me on today's show, we've well, we've got our normal uh, pitch coming in from uh, the back half of the show from Pure Green Franchise. And uh, we're hoping to get a call in from my good friend Stephen Galanis and uh, Mark Lawrence, the founders of Spot Hero and Cameo. For those of you who are familiar or not familiar with those companies, Cameo is... Uh, well, one of my favorite companies. It's it's been on fire lately. Um, it is essentially you probably here's I'll, I'll put it this way. You probably heard it <clears throat> when you saw that the Blago when he got out, he started doing these videos that you could literally pay and have him say something or say a oh, what's up, and and that is Cameo. Cameo's been on it for a while. They've they've uh, sort of revolutionized the autograph, if you will, in one of the coolest new media companies around. in Spot Hero, well, you know Spot Hero because they want advertising the show, and um, well, also I use Spot Hero this morning. The reason I have him calling in is obviously we're we're talking about the elephant in the room, which is the the COVID nineteen, the coronavirus, whatever it is you call it. Uh, last week it kind of took us by storm. We had uh, you know NBA suspends, we had the March Madness cancel, which made me tear. The Masters moves over, all this stuff. But what is sort of important is actually how it impacts all of us on a daily routine, whether that's work, uh, play, whatever the case, our kids, uh, schools, as you saw, J.B. Pritzker's moving all that over, and they're not having school for, what, through the end of March, I believe. Uh, but the businesses, some businesses have opted to, to take a sort of a clean zone, let's do the best we can, and some have decided to just go straight remote. Uh, these two companies have decided to do that, and so uh, I believe we've got Steven on the line now. Steven, are you there? Yep. How you doing, Scott? What's going on, brother? Just finished a workout. Nice. Well, so, okay. So you're out, you're out and about. Or are you doing this in in the in the condo? What are we doing? Now, Mark and I uh, go to this private gym, and uh, we got trained there. And we're trying to avoid everybody else. Like, like. <laughs> um, what what gym do you guys go to? Curiously, uh, it's it's on Larrabee. It's just a one man trainer. His name is Billy. Oh, nice. Very cool. Uh, well, thank you for taking the time. Is Mark with you still, or? <clears throat> He's uh, a little bit in front of me. We're walking back to his place right now. No, so no worries. It's me right now. No, all good. Um, so you should tell Mark I used this spot here today to park, so thank you for that. Um, well, he needs the business to keep I, doing it. Yeah, I, I bet he does. Um, so tell me a little bit about sort of the thought process that you took. You know, obviously there's a couple of factors. You have a company that's fast growing. You're, you're hiring a lot of people. You've got a lot of people open a new office, all this stuff. But you're also a startup, and you're, you have to be a little bit aware of It's like a different scenario for you than it is for, say, you know, a large business that's been around forever. Um, they have their protocols sort of set up. They have cash hoards, presumably, on the side to, to cover for things. Startup world is a little bit different. Um, how yep. have you guys handled this? Why have you handled it the way you have? And just sort of tell us you know, the thought process you had, not only for yourself, but for your employees. Yeah, so first off, uh, about two weeks ago, we grounded all employee travel, um, both domestically and international. I was supposed to be in Europe all last week. Um, I was, you know, I travel a lot between LA and Chicago. Our executives are constantly going back and forth. You have so two we, offices, uh, right? You've got the Chicago that. and the LA uh, office, two, correct? Go ahead. You have the Chicago and the LA office, correct? Yeah, both yep. Chicago and LA office, and we have a London office as well. So I was supposed to go see our London office two weeks ago. And, you know, one of my investors at Kleiner Perkins actually, you know, really, like, made this clear for me why we should stop traveling. Uh, at the time, Devin, my co-founder, and I were supposed to speak at South by Southwest. And before we canceled, uh, before it got canceled, we dropped out. And Bing Gordon over there was like, Stephen, why the hell would you want to be in an Airbnb stuck in a strange city where you don't know anyone, you don't know the doctors, your friends and family, 
you know, aren't there to take care of you. And to me, that made all the sense of the world. And then you could think about all 150 of our employees. It's like, why would we want anyone there? Um, You know, pretty scary story. My EA had a trip planned uh, for two years to Spain. And uh, I told her not to go. This was last Friday. She ended up going in 48 hours later. Trump bans all travel. And then she was in a rush to get back. Finally, we got her back last night. But you know, now Spain's fully shut down. So I oh, think man. more than anything, it's just not getting stuck in a strange city. I, I agree with you. I mean, on, on that part, and then we'll get into like the remote working thing. But on that side, you know, I think a lot of this is just uncertainty. You know, it's like we haven't gone through something like this, or at least most of us have not gone through something like this, whether it's business or personal. The idea of not knowing what happens when I leave my house and where it's, where it's going to go, I think is enough fear for me to be like, I'm, I'm just going to, Let's just not. Let's. I'd rather be yeah, it's, wrong I mean, and literally safe. unprecedented. Yeah. Um, so the remote piece of this. When did you decide to uh, pull the trigger on that? And what were some of the factors that you were thinking of from yourself as well as for your team? And then I'd, I'd love to learn also how you guys uh, plan on continuing to operate and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, you know, fortunately for Cameo, we've been we built distributed functionality from the beginning. I founded the business remote for my two co-founders. So there's a lot of uh, legacy experience that we have operating as a distributed team. I think that's very helpful for us. Secondly, you know, as our team is uh, not evenly distributed, but we have about 90 in Chicago and 50 in L.A., a lot of my team are very used to working cross-functionally with people in other offices. So um, I think that, again, helps it a lot. Um, But on Tuesday of last week, we decided to run a simulation and have everybody work from home. I do global all hands every Tuesday. So just to find out what's it going to be like having a Zoom with, you know, 150 people dialing in, uh, you know, which of our systems can handle it, what broke. Uh, the day went pretty flawless. And, you know, we had everybody come back to the office Wednesday. By Wednesday, you started seeing uh, Google and LinkedIn and some others, um, you know, start to tell their employees, you know, if you want to work from home, do it. And at that point, it was important to us to be leaders on this. I don't think you ever want to be in a situation as a CEO where all of your employees' friends are working from home other places. And I knew at this point, um, you know, the second I made the decision, I texted, you know, Mark Lawrence, I texted Gamson at Relativity, and, uh, you know, we all got on the same page. And decided to do the right thing and close the offices. And there's some really compelling research out there about how even one day, you know, can make a really big difference on that stuff. And, you know, worst case, we were a little early on it, but I don't think anybody's going to regret that. No, I, I actually, I, as I commented on your, your thing on LinkedIn, like I, I lauded it. I, I 100% agree with you that in any case when you're dealing with, you know, you're responsible for these people that work for you. And at a certain point, you know, it's your job as a CEO to run the company and be successful, but it's also your point to look out for your people. And I would always rather be everyone safe and and just deal with whatever financial hardship comes out of that than have one person on my team, um, you know, be put in a compromised position. Totally. And frankly, look, we run a business where, you know, it's not reliant that we're meeting our customers face to face. Travel is a big part of what we do, but it's not mission critical. But I think this also has you look at a lot of the costs that you've been spending and just say, like, wow, look, there's a lot of things we could probably tighten the belt on if we had to. 
Um, no, I, I totally agree with you. I uh, I want to make sure that people find out where what Cambio is and where it is, if you want to say that real quick. And then I had one final remark, which is not about Corona as much as it is my tears over the fact that I don't get to watch your Duke Blue Devils play in the tournament. Well, I think Coach K was the first one to drop out. And, oh, he for sure you was. Know. Yeah, I mean, he stopped and, participating uh, in all the practice stuff and everything. Look, and it made sense, right? Duke is not letting kids go to math class, so why should their student-athletes play in front of 20,000 fans, you know? Totally so that was the right decision. Um, yeah, Cameo is a marketplace where you can book personalized video shout-outs from over 30,000 different athletes, actors, celebrity. You can find us at Cameo.com. Awesome. Thanks, my friend. Uh, tell Mark I said what's going on, and uh, best of luck to you guys. I think you guys are going to have even more growth, I think, over this next month or two, because we have nothing else to do but to watch Cameos, to be quite honest. Hey, we're, yeah, we, we hope there's some macroeconomic trends that we think could be interesting for us, but look, anytime your consumers lose 30% of their net worth in a week, that's pretty scary. Oh, no question about it. All right, man, have a good one. Stay safe out there. Thanks, Scott. All right, thanks, brother. All right, we are going to take a quick commercial break. I will come back after this. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Katoon. Um, you know, I think some of the other interesting points here, and we've talked to several CEOs here on the podcast, which if you're not listening, you should definitely be downloading, following on Spotify at Technori. Um, the, the trends have been, it's sort of interesting, actually. Some of the businesses that I'm well aware of that are more of the services industry, you can understand why they have taken a little bit slower approach to remote. They've done sort of a non-essential personnel um, and that sort of thing, <clears throat> certainly making it open and easy for people who need to take leave. And, and of course, uh, being understanding of if you have a family member who's sick, you know, stay home. Um, but I think one of the things that's been really interesting, and I, I think it's a really good thing for this country, is how many people have come together to help out and started thinking immediately. And like, it, what comes to mind is Mark Cuban, and you've seen Kevin Love, and you've seen Zion Williamson, all these other athletes who have basically said, we're going to pledge a bunch of money to make sure that those those workers at stadiums uh, that will not be working while we're not playing games will still have a living income. Um, but it goes even beyond that, which I think is super important that we still stay aware that there are certain people who are not in a financial situation to to be able to handle this. Um, the same thing is for these businesses. You know, locally here, Matt Maloney from Grubhub came out and announced that they're going to keep uh, discounts available for all the restaurants to make sure that they're not eating into the the small amount of profits restaurants are already making. Um, but making in a way that you know, with you know, there was an interesting tweet by Nick Akonis who owns Alinea here. Uh, about the impact to restaurants and how there are about 4x cancellations versus what it normally is. And obviously, you know, with, with this kind of thing going on, people are reticent to go out and, and certainly it would behoove them probably to not go out in big groups. Um, but the restaurant industry, people get paid on the hour. They get paid on tips. And that's a large number of people in this in this Chicago and also United States and global community who are having a hard time making ends meet. And I think it's important that we all recognize um, that there are folks out there that we need to make sure are covered. And that is not just for them. It's also for businesses. When we talk about startups and some of these, these companies that we talk to every day on the podcast, you know, they're taking money from businesses, whether it's a vendor, it's a deal, uh, whatever the case may be. And a lot of people are, you know, Stephen mentioned South by Southwest as an example. A lot of people have paid ahead or are supposed to pay after work was done to prepare for an event uh, or for some sort of project or product that's coming out that will be delayed, whether it's because it actually is something that needs to be postponed because it's, you know, something you do in person 
or because it's just not the right time to release a movie or the right time to release an app that people are not focused on right now. But those people who created it or who would be doing the work still need to be paid. And I think it's one of the things that so far in the Chicago community, I can't speak uh, f- so much so other than what I see in the news uh, for the global business and the U.S. business community, but the tech community as one, uh, Alexis Ohanian, former uh, the Reddit founder, um, has taken out billboards on NASDAQ to remind people how to be healthy and be safe. He's taken a lot of measures on LinkedIn and other places reminding people that just because we slow down and pause and things change, we still need to be aware of the economic impact of those around us, some of us, some of us in a better position than others. And I, I think Chicago so far, and again, this is early on in this, has done an incredible job um, of trying to keep that in mind. A lot of the business owners, some of which Stephen mentioned, I have talked to, and they are taking an approach that says basically, hey, we look out for each other. This is a time where we all kind of need to, to figure out how do we you know, kick the can and keep things running and, you know, not go crazy, but make sure that everyone is sort of covered and accounted for. And I, I can't imagine, you know, this, this sounds terrible, but like even a couple months ago before this started happening and we started seeing that this is a potential thing, I feel like there was a lot of animosity. There was a lot of people kind of on your side, this side, that side going back and forth. There wasn't as much love. And now all of a sudden one thing happens and I'm starting to see people come together again. And it's just awesome because I think that's the one thing in this community that, sort of made Chicago special that I'd love to see more people getting behind. But I would remind all of the people who are listening that the reality is we don't really know where things are going. And that's, it, it seems like a good time to like pull out and cut all things and reserve your money or whatever. But like, that's how bad things happen. You have to continue to sort of live your daily life, to do the things that you normally do, to watch the things you watch, read the things you read, follow the people you follow, continue doing what you normally do. And we will get through this. And all of the businesses around will get through it if everyone is sort of, you know, like a, in particular, like the mom and pop shops. Like, we don't want to have this pass by and all of a sudden you look and you're like, oh my God, all of these shops and places and businesses we've used for years are gone because they couldn't, you know, couldn't financially support this. People need to be aware of it. And I, I'm already seeing a lot of outpouring of support for small businesses and for people uh, who run them. And I just, I, I hope that that continues. I also think it's it's interesting. We usually talk about the Y charts, market chart. I, I opted to not do that on this episode, um, really, because there's so much uncertainty. There were so many things. There's so many factors, some of which you could point to the obvious coronavirus impact. But others, you know, it's as simple as, well, how can Wall Street react positively when you know for a fact that there's going to be an economic impact on time not working, time not spending? Um, and so there's there's really nothing to say other than like the obvious, right? Uh, if you're trying to buy stocks, like it's great that the, the market was down. If you have cash, you should be buying. Uh, if you think it's going to go down more, maybe hold. But like th- this is all obvious stuff. One thing I thought was particularly interesting, though, and I know the audience I'm talking to, it's a little bit mixed when it comes to this cryptocurrency stuff, but I think it's worth listening to because if not you, your kids are listening to it. The thought that Bitcoin in particular, but all crypto, has sort of an element of investing in gold where like during a, a, a time like this, people would would invest more the price would go up it was sort of like a safety like you just assumed that in a down market people would be investing that was a common thought and you could argue with the exception of a few times uh over the last few years that has been a case that crypto has been a safe haven of sorts that as the more i mean i i definitely took advantage of it as the market would have little ebbs and flows over the last couple of years i would consistently invest in bitcoin and ethereum and watch it go up well that's not exactly what happened 
uh, yesterday or two days ago, actually. On the week, Bitcoin, as an example, is down 47%. A little bit of a regain yesterday, but not a lot. It went from you know 9,000 and change to, at one point, peak low 3,800. And Ethereum, the other sort of master in the game, is, is very similar. It was in the twos, down to 109. I think it actually cracked under 100. It's back up to like 120. And I and I use, immediately start reading like there was a sell off, there was this, there was that. Uh, you know, people comparing and saying, "Oh, it's not what we thought it was. It's not gold." Well, no kidding. It's it's very clearly not gold. But I thought one of the things that was most interesting was that it told me how much worry there was in the market, in particular around younger people who invest a lot of money in it. Was like, all right, listen, I bought in at five, six, seven thousand. It's at nine thousand and change. I probably would not normally have sold it. But in retrospect to all of my money that are in stocks that are now tied up because the market dropped you know, 25% or whatever over a week, they can't afford to take the money out of it. And so most people turned to taking their money out of crypto because that money was up. And crypto, as a result, had a massive sell-off, and it goes way down, which actually, among the traders who are interested in this, it's a huge opportunity. I think you're going to start seeing a massive buyback in, if you haven't already, uh, in crypto in particular, because it hasn't been this cheap for over a year. And I, I also think that if, if things go the way that, you know, there's, of course, all these crazy stories of, of good and bad of what can happen here with, with coronavirus. I tend to be more of a measured person. I tend to think that it will be as bad as we make it, uh, but we will get through it. And in that, I look at the buying opportunity right now, and I have to tell you, if it weren't for the fact that I'm buying a house, I would be salivating. Because there are so many good stocks that have shown to have great fundamentals. I, I overheard some people uh, at a restaurant yesterday. Yes, I was out in a restaurant. You can, you can still eat. Um, talking about the market and how one of the guys was like, oh, do you think they adjust the Fed again? And it was like, oh, the one guy was saying, oh, I hope that they don't. It's, it doesn't help consumer confidence, blah, blah, blah. And in my head, it was like, truthfully, minus Corona, which is like a huge elephant in the room, right? But like minus Corona, we're looking at, a number of very, very strong economic outlooks for stocks, really, really good high performance from a financial structural standpoint, doing really well that prior to this, we're doing exceptional 52 week highs across the board. This is not an imp- you know, this is not a glimpse into bad economics. This is something happened that is undoubtedly going to freeze the economy for a moment and investors can't possibly, I mean, I'd be worried if it didn't go down. Then I would think investors are out of their minds. You, you can clearly argue that investors would realize that over the next two quarters, the financials for some of these companies like Apple and Salesforce and so forth will undoubtedly be impacted by coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever it is you call it. And, and the investors reacted that way. Now, you know some of the commentary that's going on around it has impacted futures. That's a different conversation for a different day, different show. But I, my confidence in where the economy actually can still be is actually fairly high, so I'm not freaking out. I would actually be pretty excited about the fact that a lot of the gains were there. Hopefully, you were smart enough to take some of the money out ahead of it, and I'd be buying right back in if that were me. So we are going to go ahead and take one more break. I'm going to come back, talk a little bit about the company that's calling to pitch in, um, and then we'll do a little startup showcase. So we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Katoon. We will be having our call in in just one second here. I thought it'd be interesting to go into the line a little bit about what they're looking for and uh, the topic, because it's not something we talk about very often. We've had a couple people call in. I believe Saul Sagad comes to mind. Blentopia 
I only want to talk about because they actually exited. That was one of my equity crowdfunding picks uh, last year. And this is kind of in the same place. Um, the smoothie market is gigantic. I know it sounds weird, but it's just huge. And Pure Green is a company who's going to be calling in a pitcher in a second. I just think it's really interesting to note that the total amount of money that they've made in a short period of time, and it's in the millions, he'll go through it. They're literally... <clears throat> I, I mean, I'm just like looking at the, the straight numbers. Here. 30 states that they have operational pieces in. I wonder, my, I guess the question I want to lead, load everyone up is, and I'd love you to text or call us with this. I guess you could text. How many of you love smoothies but don't have them because they're a pain in the butt to make or you don't know where to get them other than like the super, super loaded sugar ones in the in the grocery store? Text here. It is 312-981-7200. Uh, we're going to take a quick pitch here, so uh, why don't we bring Ross in now. Ross, you there? Hi, Scott. How you doing? Good, my friend. How are you doing? Everything's great. Excited to be on the show. Awesome. Thanks for calling in. So I want to have you uh, give us the pitch, and then I want to learn a little bit about what gets you into this, and then we'll talk about the deal and all the opportunities and stuff after the break. How about that? Perfect. Sweet. Let's have the pitch. All right. I'm Ross Franklin, founder and CEO of Pure Green Franchise. Pure Green is the fastest growing juice and smoothie bar franchise in the United States. We have five locations open in New York City with one in construction, three franchise locations opening in Florida, three franchise locations opening in Chicago, and we're in the process of signing leases in Philadelphia. We're on pace to sign 50 franchise locations by the end of this year and double that number every year thereafter. Our core products are handcrafted smoothies, acai bowls, and cold-pressed juice. All of our products were formulated to have amazing taste and optimal nutrition. As you said, Pure Green is a national We have presence in over 30 states through our wholesale division, providing cold-pressed juice to thousands of accounts, including hundreds of high-end hotels and dozens of professional sports teams. Our mission is to build healthier communities around the globe, and we would like to invite all of you listening to join us. We're equity crowdfunding on republic.co. You can check us out at republic.co slash pure green. Awesome. All right, so let's learn a little bit about uh, what makes you guys different because there's a lot of different smoothies out there. Um, there's a lot of different products in the superfood category. Some of them are amazing, some of them not so much. So I'd love to learn sort of your, your vision on this. Absolutely. So what really makes us stand out is the quality of our products. Our philosophy whenever we formulate is one, everything on the menu has to have amazing taste, and two, it has to have a nutritional powerhouse. The other thing that makes us different as a juice bar franchise is that we're operating as a master franchise structure. So we've positioned a master sub-franchisors in every state, every, and these are, these are um, operators that are multi-hundred unit operators who can better support our franchisees. Also, what makes us different is that we have... Um, our own wholesale division with national distribution, and we're able to sell our cold-pressed juice to our franchisees for less than it costs them to make it. So that gives us some of the lowest startup costs out of any juice bar franchise. So with that, can you talk a little bit about the actual products themselves? Sure. So, so we have handcrafted and made-to-order smoothie, and smoothies make up about 41% of total sales in the store. We have acai bowls. Acai is a Brazilian superfood, very high in antioxidants. We also have papaya bowls, which is a vibrant, bright pink. Um, it has a consistency of frozen yogurt. We use uh, superfood toppings like spirulina, 
organic grass-fed whey protein, um, raw cacao. And we, we source these ingredients, these superfood ingredients from all over the world. And then, of course, we have cold-pressed juice. And what makes our cold-pressed juice so special is that we use hydraulic presses that retain all the vitamins, minerals, and live enzymes from the fresh fruits and vegetables. We do a process to it called HPP, which stands for high-pressure processing, where after we make the juice, it goes into big tanks and it's exposed to five times the pressure at the bottom of the ocean. That locks in the nutrition and gives it an 80-day shelf life from the point that it's manufactured. Um, okay, so what is your background? Because I, I feel like you are incredibly passionate about, about superfood, and I would just love to know how does that like get started? Like, where does it, I mean? It's, I feel like at some point there had to have been like a I was unhealthy, I wasn't living a healthy lifestyle, yada yada. Like, what was your background? Yeah, well, you're right on with that. I, I used to be in the fitness business, so I worked for high end health clubs like Equinox, the Sports Center, Chelsea Piers, Town Sports International. I started my own consulting firm where I was consulting for high-end health clubs opening up in the Northeast. I started to get hired for yoga studios, Pilates studios, and finally juice bars. And I came to a realization, when you look at optimal health, which has always been my mission, getting people into optimal health, how do we transition the mainstream population into a healthy lifestyle, I realized that 80% of the equation getting people to optimal health is all about nutrition, and only 20% is fitness. And I realized that I want to focus on making the larger difference there. And then when I compared, you know, I've opened up so many 40,000-square-foot health clubs. When I compared that to the 500 to 900-square-foot juice bar model, it is so much more scalable. It makes a deeper impact on people's health. And I realized that is what I want to do, and that's why I created Pure Green. What was the transition like for that? Because I feel like you know, it's one thing to be in the fitness space. It's another to actually operate food. Sure. So operating, operating the, like, the health clubs, there's a lot of similar, similarities to brick-and-mortar retail and QSR. And, but my passion, personally, I've always been into superfoods. I've always been into high-performance nutrition. And so for me, it was amazing to combine the operational skill set along with my passion for optimal health, biohacking, and, um, and formulating amazing uh, quality products. Um, so it was a relatively easy transition for me because it's what I'm passionate about. I think for the people listening, they may have heard the word superfood numerous times, but are not quite sure what it is. Can you give us kind of a run out? Like what constitute a superfood, uh, and the biohacking thing I'm interested in. Cause like, I don't dispute at all that when I eat things that are like actually good for you, that my performance is through the roof. So I would love for you to just give us like a rundown. Like what is superfood? Sure. So superfood is a buzzword that, that's been thrown around a lot. But really what it is, it is there's certain foods that just have super high concentrated doses of nutrients. So, for example, you have you know, blueberries that are, that are normally just very high in antioxidants. But then on the other spectrum, you have acai berries. And acai is from Brazil. And they're just like off the spectrum when it comes to antioxidants, as well as raw cacao, which is super high in polyphenols. And it's just a, dispropor- a disproportionate amount, ounce per ounce of nutrients. The nutrition is just so dense. So when we talk about superfoods, we're talking about the dozens of foods that just have such a high concentration of nutrients. And that's what we love using within our products because it just gets people optimal nutrients and super supercharging their nutrients for the day. 
I feel like it was sort of a, a thing a couple of years ago. You started seeing some of these athletes like LeBron James and others using their diet as sort of like it wasn't just about fitness. You mentioned it before. It's like 20% of the equation is actual fitness is being able to recover faster. And I, I'm wondering, I mean, this is obviously you're betting on this. So I'm, I'm not wondering for you. I feel like for most people, just daily activity, like waking up in the morning, taking their kids to school, going to work, going through that, you feel tired, you're reliant on caffeine, that just trying something like this would be uh, a huge dent in how they, you know, how cloudy they feel. Like just trying to eat better would make them perform better, which over time, like anything else, you want to be better at it. So you start working out, you start doing a whole bunch of improvement to your life. Because you, once you have tried to like actually feel good consistently, it's really hard to go back to wanting to feel like garbage. Exactly. And, you know, you mentioned the professional sports teams. We, within our wholesale division, we actually work with over 50 professional sports teams. We work directly with the nutritionists for the teams. We work with the directors of performance. And some of them are very hands-on in helping us formulate new products. You know, they came to us and they said, they're like, Ross, we want you to come out with a line of products where you put probiotics into the juice. And for us, we do this HPP process. So we went out and we found a strain of probiotics that can withstand the HPP process that I was telling you about before. Nice. And they, they wanted very specific. They wanted, everyone wants super low, low sugar levels now. That's a big trend. Everyone wants low sugar. Oh. So we worked directly with them to come up with super low sugar formulas, to come up with, uh, we put a billion floor of probiotics in, into this line. And they, they notice a massive difference in the performance of the athletes with their recovery. Many of the teams, they, they won't leave home without it. Like, they will travel with it to the, all the away games. And the world of professional sports, because of the performance benefits of the superfoods, because of the performance benefits of the cold press the ingredients that we use, um, they're some of our biggest clients. Oh, I, I believe it. So I want to talk about the wholesale piece and everything after this. I'm going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with you, because I, I want to talk about the business and the... Uh the wholesaling part of this. I think you've taken a really unique approach. So we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. I'm sitting here talking to Ross Franklin. He is the founder of Pure Green Franchise. Ross, you still with us? I'm with you. Awesome. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about, you mentioned a couple times a reference of the whole uh, the wholesale side of this. I, I feel like we've had, so we've had numerous companies come on who have talked, who are, are should, I should say, are in the smoothie slash food slash health food slash 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 uh, sort of industries, most of them have not taken what I would call like a, a whole business approach. It's sort of a, well, we're going to get into you know Whole Foods and then we're going to get a Target or we're we're not going to do that. We're going to do direct to consumer or we are going to do wholesale and our whole business is wholesale. Very few that I've talked. And then the other part is the franchise side. Like the, if they are franchising, they're like, I'm the franchise proprietor. I own three. Now I'm going to try to find other people to franchise. Rather than like, no, no, the business design is we set up these mega franchises and then have a, like the whole thing was built to be a franchise from day one. And the wholesaling, wholes, uh, wholesaling piece of this is a, just another revenue stream that's already sort of pre-built. What was your thought process when you started this? Was it all, like, was that the, the game plan was to have all this at once? Uh, or how, how did you sort of piecemeal this together and what uh, impact do you think starting with wholesaling along with franchises has had? Absolutely. So we started in October of 2014 with just the brick-and-mortar juice bar model in New York City. And that's how we got our start. And after we did three locations in New York, you know, one of the, the products that we have, our cold-pressed juice, was just taken off. 
there was interest from from everyone. And after we HPP, we started HPP in it, which gave it that shelf life. That's what allowed us to to start our wholesale business. And we started off just my background in fitness, getting a lot of gyms, a lot of hotels. We started to hire a sales team, and we really started to pick up momentum. And what happens, an interesting thing in the, in the market happened. You had the, the largest cold-pressed juice companies like Suja, now owned by Coca-Cola, uh, Blueprint, owned by, owned by Haynes and Celestial. These giants, what they're doing is they're trying to lower their cost of goods. So what they did was they start, the bottle started to shrink, the quality of the ingredients started to shrink. Instead of cold-pressing it, they're doing other methods. And we actually became one of the last super premium beverages left on the shelves. And for us, taste has always been important, and nutrition, having a lower sugar, has always been really important in our formulation. And it's just the quality of our product took off, and we started to get into different states, and now we're in well over uh, 30 states right now. And so we started to build up that business, and we became an omni-channel business. So we, have our, we still have our retail division. We have our wholesale division. And then we were approached by a giant in the franchise world who said, you guys have the potential to become you know, one of the largest healthy franchises. And you guys have a very footprint, only 500 to 900 square feet. And he's like, this is, and he helped us set it up. And he's one of our mentors. And he helped us structure it as a master franchise. We put master operators in each state. They have big infrastructures. They sign up all the franchisees within their states for us. We already have our first two secured in Florida and in Chicago. And the big focus for us right now is leveraging the other side of our business, the wholesale part of our business, to provide our franchisees with cold-pressed juice so they don't have to make it, so we can expand really quickly, and they can open up pure green franchises for a fraction of the cost. And, of course, control quality because it's coming from the home. Exactly. Where in Chicago uh, are you guys looking to open up? So the first lease was just signed on uh, North Michigan Avenue across the street from the Equinox. And they're just getting started with construction there right now. I love that location. Uh, Yeah, that's Um, a fantastic location. I know that's going to be a home run. That's going to be a good one. Um, No, you know, I think it's interesting. I I like, I definitely see the trend. And I love the the small footprint model that there's a handful of businesses I've seen on this. Um, One of the other, speaking of Chicago, people who are, uh, listening to this, who are familiar with, I was just telling my mom about this this morning. The uh, corned beef factory, which goes against what you're talking about, because it's it's probably the least healthy option as compared to uh, to this. They have a tiny footprint, and it is it's on Lake Street, and it's incredible because you get sort of this like forced need for people to think it's like a hot commodity because it's just capacity wise it's just not that big and so you see people in there like oh man i, I got to get in there early and you start to see lines form and it's like the best marketing on the planet and i could see that for your business as well one it's not difficult to maintain it's not super expensive because of the the, the size and shape you can fit it in anywhere you can get involved in pop-ups you can take it you know on the road almost in some areas like chicago have will have you know different beach events and all these other things that will happen once this whole corona thing goes over and you're like the most nimble business. It's also really easy in case something goes bad to close them down. It's just a really like, it's a smart business model. And I'm starting to see a lot more of businesses like yours get involved in it. I'm also seeing businesses that have nothing to do with food and, and health doing sort of a pop-up small, small frame spot. So I dig that. I think one of the other parts about your business that's unique is you did this sort of 
you know, I don't know if it was on purpose or not, but like sort of backwards or opposite. Most of the time, they start a franchise, quality dips, then they try to figure out how do we get it back to control. And instead here, it's like, we want to make sure quality is good, so we're going to create our distribution network and model first, keep quality to be, uh, you know, systematic, and then we're going to franchise and give everyone the ability to have sort of like the, the same equivalent, which is something that McDonald's did fantastically. Exactly. That's exactly what we did. Yep. Very cool. Let's talk a little bit here real quick uh, about the actual mechanics of the deal. Uh, on Republic, I will be sharing this on Twitter. You can follow me at Katoon or at Technori. Uh, it is republic.co slash pure green. Uh, looks like right now you've, you've raised about 150% of your, your goal, which is 30, almost 37,000. You got a long time to go, 80 days. Walk me through the deal, what people get, what they can do, what some of the perks are. Absolutely. So the type of security we're offering is a safe. Uh, which converts to equity in the company upon the trigger. And we're, we structured the valuation cap at just four times our 2019 revenues. We did $3 million, uh, in 2019, um, so we just did a 4X on that for the valuation cap, so it's very fair for investors. We're offering a 10% discount, and the minimum investment to get in is only $100. And the reason we decided to, to crowdfund is because we love the idea of raising money from the people. We know that if we can get thousands of investors, so we, it just put in a small piece that many of them will become our customers. Many of them may decide to become franchisees. Uh, many of them may become strategic partners. And just already from, from you know, just getting started on this crowdfunding, we're meeting so many amazing people. You know, we, I was just in Philadelphia the other day. Um, we just put LOIs out on locations. We have an ex-professional athlete um, who is opening up uh, franchises in Philly with us. And that all happens through crowdfunding. So it's just, uh, we're so thrilled to be doing this. And we're approached by a lot of VC and private equity firms, but this is so much of a better fit for us and so much more in alignment with our mission of building healthier communities around the world. So no, we're having a lot of fun with it so far. I dig it. Um, we only have a couple minutes left. I just want to ask, like, obviously, uh, on a normal pitch, I would not go into this, but we are in the midst of this whole uh, COVID-19 thing going on. What are you guys doing as an early-stage company to to sort of avoid that or to, to troubleshoot? Sure. So so with the coronavirus impact, our sales are actually up compared to the same yeah, time last year. I you're a healthy food. I would think it would be helpful. Yeah. I mean, we have uh, our, especially our shots, which is super concentrated two-ounce cold-pressed juice formulas that have key active ingredients. All right, we have one shot, the immunity shot. It is literally flying off the shelves. Like, we're selling, like, 300 of them per store, which is it's crazy. And what's happening is, with, you know, with the growing concern of COVID-19, large employers like Google, Facebook, many others, are encouraging employees to work from home. And all our stores are positioned in high residential areas. So there's actually more people coming into the stores. And we've also noticed a shift toward a healthier lifestyle in an effort to prevent COVID-19. So since the, you know, this whole thing started, you know, we just find communities are placing a greater focus on their health. And as a result, our in-store sales, online delivery sales have significantly increased. I believe this, and I uh, say it again as I started the beginning of the show off with, when things like this happen, you've got to continue to do what's normal. You've got to eat healthier. You need to work out. It is good for your immune system. It is good for everything. I know that there's the ability to get close to people, do your best to stay away from people, but working out, eating healthier, and doing your business as usual is the fastest way to get through this. So I, I hope that people do that, and I hope they choose Pure Green. You can invest at republic.co. As I said before, just register to invest. Uh, follow us on Technoria. Follow me, Katoon, at uh, on Republic. You can see some of the investments I've made. I think this is cool, man. I, I, I wish you the best of luck. 
Amazing. Thank you so much, Scott. Of course, Ross. Take care. All right, folks. Uh, we are about to wrap up our little show here. It's been a lot of fun. Hopefully, you guys stay safe out there. I'm telling you one more time, things will be fine. You just got to chill. Keep investing. Keep doing your thing, and everything's be great. Follow us at Katoon. Follow us at Technori. You should be listening to the podcast on Spotify at Technori. Uh, boom. That's a wrap.